You're listening to the Late Night Playset Podcast. This episode of Late Night Playset is brought to you by Los Angelo Living. Hey, Jay Ryan. Hey, Nicole. Here you go again. I'm bringing you into my new listing. Another one. Come check it out. Look at this pool. Look at this yard. 24,000 square foot flat lot, four bedroom, three and a half bath, single story ranch, mid-century in the heart of Encino in the hills. So come check it out. We're selling houses over here, guys. Thanks for taking this uh, tour of 4000 Sapphire. We're so excited to show it to you. So give us a call, DM, text, email, whatever it is you want to do to give us a, a shout so we can show you this on a private COVID tour. Take care. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Mrs. Ryan. She's sitting over there. This is exciting, exciting, exciting. I'm going to do it a little bit differently today. I got rid of that echo. Welcome back to everyone at home. Today is Thursday, July 23rd, 2020, and I am sitting here already with our buddy, Chris Dunlop. Hi, What's Chris. Up, Chris Dunlop is an artist. He is known as Pinstripe Chris. You probably know him if you're on Instagram. Uh, we met down at Auto Kennel, if I recall. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's all I recall. And you said that's there perfect. was something earlier. Yeah, that's all you. <laughs> that's perfect. That's good. <laughs> uh, what's happening, brother? Thank you for being here, especially all COVID friendly and everything. Yeah. Oh, man, I appreciate the invite. It's nice to uh, finally get further than like two miles away from my house. <laughs> Where do you live? Where are you based? We're in San Clemente. Oh, okay. So, well, that's why you were down near Auto Kennel. Yeah, that definitely makes, makes perfect sense. sense. Um, let's see. I know, I don't know where to start with you. There's so much, man. Should we start with where we met? Should we start with the gift you brought today? What should we start with? Let's start with where we met. All right. Yeah. Auto kennel lag. Yeah. And that's all I remember. Yeah. You said today there was something that maybe I should remember. You know what? I thought, I thought the way we met was a little bit too weird. Like, man, this guy probably (laughs) thinks, uh, nothing, nothing weird really, I guess. 
it just seemed like maybe I said some off-the-cuff stuff, but oh. I blame Paul for making such strong coffee and maybe it just overbrewing there and just making me really, really chatty. So I thought, eh, I probably just said something a little bit strange because you guys seem pretty mellow and I just uh, well, maybe walked up a little too caffeinated with some silly questions. I feel like we all do that. I hope that you haven't been holding on to this it whole too, time too long. Yeah, yeah, yes. no, we're happy like, to have you here. One and... day I have to make it up to them. I have to. No, <laughs> it wasn't like that, but it so, definitely. So that's why you painted us a picture? That's a whole thought reason. you made a terrible first yeah, impression and said, I have got to get over this one. I'm a pro at bad first impressions, <laughs> which gives me this great opportunity to create a better impression afterwards. Oh, that's amazing. For me to apologize for the previous version that you met. <laughs> I don't. I don't want you to apologize for that version. But I do want to know: uh, Can I, is the uh, artwork somewhere around that we can? It should be. Look at this. It's going to be brought in here by. Look at this. This is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> going to liberate this. I just put it in plastic so that so that we're survival of our driving today. This oh, is for wow. you. Wow. This is so much more amazing in picture in person. Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe what you've done here. This well, is so touching. I can't believe the detail. I appreciate that. And I appreciate that you guys are so nice and you're a good part of the community. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, that is I had to lovely. stalk your guys' photos and Google search anything related to any keywords I could think of about your car. And I happened across a handful of photos, and I kept cropping them trying to find out find a cool angle. Where I was oh, like, so you didn't even take this? You, you, oh, then I bet this is from my dentist's office because I thought about it. I was like, I wonder a, which, yeah, which photo was, he got this from. There was a really cool high shot that I really, really liked. <laughs> that was liked. at my dentist's office window. I think I was having my, my <laughs> teeth cleaned or something or my tooth pulled or something. Yeah. Yeah, I found a couple of photos, and there was the high shot I really liked of that. Well, we'll just change the lighting dynamics and make it a little bit more dramatic. Do you know what I was taken with when when I saw it, uh, just the online version? Was that um, it's funny you you every single sticker that's on our car is here, even though it's not. Yeah, you know they're all greeked out, but every single thing, even the little subtle yeah. ones, are there. Yeah, like, I'm just so amazed with your attention to detail, and like I remember. I remember when the dirt plot line looked like this. You know what I mean? Your guys' car is always incredibly dirty, and I like that because it means that you're using it and not, you know, people with these types of cars, they're not, not, not all of them use their cars. So I appreciate so much that you guys actually. Oh, wow. A couple of times that I've seen you guys at Auto Kennel, I'm like, man, what color is that car actually underneath? <laughs> I, I think I saw it once with a Christmas tree on top. Um, yeah. So it's it's really cool that you guys use your car, but uh, uh, yeah. Admittedly, when uh when I did finally start looking at that photo closer that I had, I was like, oh man, there's so many stickers. Yeah. Did you <laughs> read it all of a sudden? Sort of. So much I was detail. like, you know what? I kind of wanted to do something quick, and then I'm like, how many stickers are on this car? And I'm the, not writing these things out. I'll just put a little. It looks like a sticker goes here. But but everything's in the right place. Every the exactly right everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Even I noticed the telephone. And you got. So, I mean, I don't know how you. I don't get even know. Well, the yeah, it was a cell phone photo so i just guessed what was there is that there's a shape it's black and white we'll get it it's i'll perfect. cover it up it's perfect <laughs> you did such a good job it's you cool did such a good job thank you thank, thank you. you from the bottom of my yeah, heart yeah absolutely i, I really, uh, really amazing i always like when artwork is going to uh, to a good home and where people are going to enjoy it if i didn't have to charge money for artwork and i could just do what i thought was cool man i would just live that way that would be it right yes absolutely what about that can you expand on that a little bit more like what's the, why? What's the reason? What's is it in your heart? Is it how you give your love to the world? What's the deal? I guess it's kind of a funny thing to try to to try to quantify. There's, I guess there's a lot of art where um, somebody's paying you to do something, and you have to find your connection to that thing in order to put your flavor on it. Meaning you don't have it automatically. Not always. Often, Sometimes, right. you know. So there's plenty of requests I get, for example, that is just not something that really jives with my soul so much. 
And that's just, that's life. It's whatever. Um, but how do you get through that? Because I, I struggle with that sometimes with a creative. You either say no or make it really expensive. Um, one of those two things. But those are always like really good hindsight answers. I feel well, like both of those will just make you more successful as an artist. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. So, you know, so far things are working just fine. I have no complaints. But, um, but the reality is accidentally agree to it over enthusiastically and then realize it's not something you want to do and oh. then figure out how to get yourself amped about it. And so either then it's a matter of uh, wait until the day before it needs to be done so that there's just that extra energy of, ah, I got to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, or... Uh, in the case of what I do, uh, if I can change styles or mediums, then at least there's some kind of learning process involved with it that uh, adds a curveball. So you're stimulated again. Exactly. Like your brain is, at oh, least then I'm not focused on what I'm doing so much as how I'm doing it. Then it almost doesn't matter what I'm doing because I can try to put a twist on something. But that that uh, you know that's twofold. Sometimes it can come with bad things too, like something just straight up not going right. Uh, just as a comedy of errors from all of the variables. Oh, or yeah. just from <laughs> my heart wasn't in it to begin with. <laughs> that happens a lot. I think it's easier when I look back at something that I've put my fish through and I go, all right, so what went wrong with that one? It's mm-hmm. a lot easier to be like, you know what? I had I tried so hard to get myself interested in it, and then I tried to work through it too quickly, and of course it wasn't going to work. I could listen to hear these. I could listen to these stories forever just because the creative them. process. <laughs> yeah, I bet. No, the creative process is so fascinating to me, and it's something I struggle with. All the time. I think most people in uh, in any industry that relies on creative creativity does. Art is is vast. It's not just paintings. It's not you know. It's music. It's a lot of things. Um, and I think especially because of social media, we're used to seeing the tailored best version of everybody's end result. Everything's curated. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm guilty of because it's how I run a business. Obviously, I don't. It's hard for me to sell my successes next to some really bad examples yeah. art it, we like to think of art as subjective but it is and it isn't if uh if we have to listen to everybody's uh song performances live have you ever seen a band live that you're like wow they fucking suck yeah many like, times well now Nothing i like it's, it's really hard to respect them now when i listen to them and you're like oh, maybe i don't maybe typically is... like those types of bands and musicians and, you're exactly right and the unfortunately ones you can tell it's all produced exactly and there's a reality to that in, in a couple of different ways there's plenty of art people that can fake it all the way through and convince people that they're worth something. Mm. And then there's the curated version where you're like, what's the, what's the threshold where I show some personality in some of the process without showing people that this is basically vomit on a canvas until it starts to look like something. Well, that's very honest of you, but isn't that the process? Isn't that kind of what it always is? I mean, yeah, but when people, you throw the paint on there, in your case, it's paint, but in, whether it's musical notes or whatever, yeah. like you said, uh, uh, in this, whatever this is, uh, <laughs> it just feels like, uh, I don't know. I feel like you're susceptible no matter what. I agree. I think uh, people do want to see that side of the story, but they want to see it in a documentary format. They don't want to see it one photo at a time because then it's like, oh, man, this dude's sliding backwards. I don't know what's happening to him. Because they don't know what's right, where he is, yeah, where that is Exactly. In the Especially if you're discovering somebody for the first time. Let's see, say, a piece that I post that's, uh, you know, it's not like I really do this, but if I was like, here's an example of a failed attempt and... <sighs> It's, uh, you know, as a, as a heartwarming mo- moment for uh, a lot of... five near misses. Sure. A lot of <laughs> aspiring artists follow me, so it, it's kind of nice to be able to connect in that way and to be like, not everything works out 100%, but if somebody's finding me for the first time and they go, whoa, this guy has a lot of followers and he sucks this bad, like, that's, that's not a good mm. impression. So there's a balance there, and it's, it's a moving target. It's not like a perfect anything ever. But you have thought this through. I mean, you are... I mean, it's what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> 
I overthink this through every day. Wow. I'm good at that. Well, it's nice to talk to somebody. Like I said, when you got here, I mean, I really, I can kind of see it in your eyes. It's nice to talk to somebody else who maybe just has the same struggles. And not that they're the same struggles, well, but for struggle sure. in the same way. I think... You know, I don't hang out with a lot of... Well, we don't hang out with anybody anymore, right? <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah, and, yeah, that's certainly true of us. Our bubble is just, so small. I'm craving contact. That's all it is. Yeah. It was certainly nice to get out and actually see people. And I, again, I think that's another kind of bad side of social media. We're used to seeing people from a little bit of a distance. Mm. So our relationship with them has a certain look to it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Again, when maybe curated. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I mean, there's good and bad. You don't want uh, unrealistic standards for people because because that's you know like in the beauty world or something like that. People that are way oh. too pretty. Um, but you having know, ribs taken out and stuff like that. I remember that in the eighties. Remember that? Super popular. Having ribs taken. People out are not still doing small, that now. Are they still do it. Oh, they don't talk <laughs> about it anymore. Oh, wow. What a bizarre world we live in. <laughs> Have you had your ribs taken out? <laughs> I've collected all mine. They've grown in. These are my adult ribs. Um, we'll go into the whole thing. Let's just slow down. What did you What did you do today? How uh, was your day? Our day was great. We got up really early, uh, dusted off the car, or actually pulled the cover off the car, and we drove up here. We got up here probably like 10, 10.30 in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, because we were like, I don't know what traffic's going to be like coming up from the bottom of Orange County. We, you can't be more South Orange County well, than where we are. it's not going to be nine hours. <laughs> no, no, but you know what? Uh, I we're, don't... <laughs> we're live at five here. Yeah, we're, um, we're looking at the clock. Uh, well, I knew there was a few things that I wanted to do. So we knew for sure we wanted to do Angeles Crest Highway. Because uh, we've never done that before. Smart. We've been in California. We've never done that before. Yeah. Ever. And we're not originally from California. So, okay. yeah, it's well, not. Neither. Yeah. So there's like this window of time of a lot of things that we haven't done. Okay. So we've never spent any time up in this area at all. So we thought, if we're going to come up here, let's at least do that. Because I'm always seeing your guys' photos and everybody else's photos. I'm like, this seems like a really cool road. we got to check it out. And the truth is, the best part, we're not even taking photos. That drive, you oh. know? Oh, yeah. It's so good. I don't think we took one one video. We went through a tunnel. We're like, wee. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, no, it was just driving. It was, it was awesome. It was such a cool road. Because I'm used to doing, like, uh, we live at the very end of the Ortega. That's one of my favorite oh, favorite roads to run. Yeah. Um, Char- charge your cell phone because there isn't any reception. It'll be dead by the other side. No, right? without a doubt. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is... Crest is the same. Yeah, we noticed there were some, some dead zones <laughs> and we're like, well, let's hope nothing happens. Glad we're in the new car. Jeez. We, uh, we actually often tell people, you know... Um, but when we first started like inviting people who'd never been up to Newcombs before, they're like, well, how do you get there? What's the address? I'm like, well, first of all, there isn't an address. It's a mile <laughs> marker on this no state kidding. highway. Yeah, there isn't. A, it's just mile marker 48 or whatever it is. That's not the right one, so don't get off there. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't remember. Go ahead. Go ahead. We were talking about all this. No, I don't remember. Okay. I, I'm Mr. Tangent guy over here. It's I can't all good. help myself. But it was a cool ride. We took it almost all the way to the end. Um, and turn around and came back. And uh, the way we do rides like that is just uh, we'll go all the way out like as a reconnaissance. Don't want to push too hard. Let's mm-hmm. see. And good thing because there's rocks and pine cones. It just became a game of pine cones, rocks. Which one is it going to be? What can we dodge? But what was so cool, there was nobody out there. No. Um, and it's not like we were going rip-roaring fast. We were able to pick up some speed coming back just because it's a little bit more downhill on the way back. But there was just nobody out. It was so nice. And it's just so scenic. The weather was great. It was so cool out there. What were you in? Uh, my Porsche. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, yeah, what I was thinking about before is is there's there's no cell reception. And, ah, yes. and <laughs> if you have it if you have the nav in your car, it seems to work because it's like satellite based mm. or whatever. But the like if you use your phone in your car for navigation, 
absolutely nothing. So, so people are always, you know, uh, well, how do I get up there? All right, well, I don't know how to get up. There. All right, but I had navigation on my phone, so it shouldn't be a problem. We're like, that's going to be a problem. You need to look at a map ahead of time yeah. from the bottom, someplace where you have reception, and then plan it out with your brain. Yeah, it's pretty easy to memorize. I mean, get to the two, take it until you see the thing that you're going to. It's really couldn't not so agree, bad. Couldn't agree more, it's Chris. pretty simple. Uh, but it was really, really cool drive up there. Well, for your first time, what did you think? It was great. I would like to go a little bit faster for sure, but I'm glad that we kind of took it a little bit easy just because the amount of rocks and pine cones was nice to be like, well, let's remember to zip around those. Yeah, and the further up you get, the less um, you know maintained it is. Like they've yeah. got blades going constantly on the lower parts that yeah. are traversed like by the commuters yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely a lot 500. cleaner towards the bottom, as I would say. But What... Um, what kind of driving do you normally do? I mean, you mentioned Ortega Highway. Are you? Do you get on it, or are you a cruiser? I or? drive the f out of my car. Do you? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I love hearing that. I mean, I love hearing. Yeah. That. So tell me, tell me about it. Oh, okay. Uh, I drive the f out of my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't really know how to explain that any other way. That's awesome. The uh, the Porsche is Let's just the <laughs> yeah. It's just the just the weekend car. I only take it out if we're going to canyon carve. Oh wow! No, I don't want to sit on the highway. The only reason we drove it up here is to get to the two. No shit. So we're not going to coffee. We're not going to go I mean, to breakfast. Maybe like I'll drive like where we're at. Um, if I'm going to get because I uh, blend race fuel with my car, so we drive through like Laguna Beach. I don't mind that if we're going to grab coffee or something like that. Um, but yeah, you're no. running a hundred in your car. Not straight because okay. it, it wouldn't do anything right. beyond what the uh, what the manufacturer suggested. But 91 is not enough. Um, so I want as much as I can get out of my car. Where is your car from? Was it was it a California car? Or yes. Was it an East Coast? Oh, okay. Yeah. I uh, ran into that once before, and uh, uh, I had a East Coast car that hmm. we brought out here, but it was born and raised on ninety three octane. Ah, lucky. And on nine, well, right, but on when you bring it out here, it then all of a sudden started to have all these faults in. Co- it was a BMW at the time, no fault in BMW. It was a modern <laughs> one too, with computers and all oh, this okay. stuff. So it was all you know. Direct injection and everything. Yeah. So I think it was probably all those things, but it was throwing codes. And they ended up, like, their fix after bringing it into the store so many different times. Santa Monica BMW, <laughs> not a fan. Uh, uh, they ended up saying, oh, yeah, just add some Octane Booster to uh, each time you fill it up. Like, just, uh, that's the fix. That's one way. But certainly, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I'm just curious about that because if you drive the piss out of it and burning racing full day, that gets expensive. But if you're yes, not driving it, it that often, yeah, it's not eh, my daily, not my out. daily driver. Yeah, so I don't concern myself so much with that. Not that it's cheap to do. Gas, uh, race gas is slightly less expensive up here, but regular gas is or 91 is more expensive. So it worked out. Even. Yeah. Even. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, pretty much worked out exactly the way it was. And it's not like it takes much 100 octane to get the oct- uh, to where it needs to be, but I think you can absolutely feel the difference. Not like it's a huge punch, but in an e-gas car, you can feel it. That's what I was going to ask you. Is it Do you feel it uh, in power or do you feel it in health of the engine or just in you know stability? Sometimes the power band is just a more stable. That's true. I would say, I mean, it, I think it's everybody wants to be like, yeah, it's definitely got more power. My butt says it's 50 yeah. more horsepower. Obviously, uh, it's got more power because we're on 100 octane. No, I w- um, why we added all the stickers uh, way faster every so much every faster. ounce counts um <laughs> i don't know if i would say faster i would definitely say it runs really clean past 5,000 rpms that's it but oh, i would no. say what's really noticeable is the pe- the gas pedal feel right off it's easier to get going from a stop when the octane is correct interesting otherwise it feels a little laggy like the car's got another 50 or 100 pounds in it oh wow so just more responsive across yeah. the board now that's what i've experienced as yeah. well just it's, sort of a general health yeah exactly it's just a little bit more christmas in the throttle which is nice um and especially if we know we're going to do canyon carves or something where there's gonna be huge elevation change it's nice it's better um better for the engine and temperature management 
now that we're talking so much about the details, tell us what Porsche you have. So it's going to, I don't know, a lot of people hate 996s. Well, I have a 996. Nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> this guy runs race gas. <laughs> uh, a blend. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't, uh, please don't inbox me about running 100 and how I don't have the car chipped for it. Oh, uh, my God. I'm trying to get as close to 93 as possible. That's what the car says. But, but the fact that you have that car and drive it to me, I mean, I've got no issues with the yeah, In fact, our car is really the same thing underneath. They're, I mean, yours is obviously more advanced. It's more modern, but... Uh, underneath, it's incredibly similar. I'm a, Yeah, I'm aware. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't want... Uh, I think the years of hating the 996 are over. I, I actually agree. I think people agree. who don't like the headlights, they never will. That's fine. That's okay. I didn't like them then. It is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's all grown on me now. The yeah. interior is still not my favorite, but you mm. know what? The car drives like... Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said about many different generation Porsches. I've had two 996s. I had a, a, an early generation, the the proper fried egg headlight, right. a 99, which is the last year of the uh, cable throttle. And then I uh, traded in for this one. And the first one I got was like crazy cheap. It was 16000 bucks, 133,000 miles. And that car was awesome. Really? Yes. And I only bought, that was like two and a half years ago. And uh, I just uh, actually, it's a really funny story how I even got into Porsches. If I'd love to hear how you got into Porsches. Hey, Chris, I'd love to know. Can you tell us how you got into Porsches? Well, Jay, since you ask, <laughs> I wasn't always a Porsche person. Actually, I'm a Ferrari guy. I oh. love Ferraris. Well, uh, your painting shows that quite a bit too. There's a lot of Italians in there. Yeah, I do love Ferraris. But uh, to make the short version of this really cool story not as short as it needs to be. Um, a friend of mine, Jerry Horton, who's the guitarist to Papa Roach. We're, Papa Roach? Yeah. Papa Roach. He is, uh, we were delivering, uh, his custom Merc back to him a few years ago and he has a dot two nine nine seven S. And while we're up at his place, he said, Hey, you want me to take a, take me, uh, I'll take you for a ride in the car. I said, Oh, okay. I never, never really much into nine elevens at all. <laughs> and he took me for a ride and I was like, this is a lot nicer than I thought it would be. So cool. As soon as I got home, I was like, how much are 911s? eBay. And, uh, um, and I was at a different part in art career even just a few years ago. And what I initially started looking at was 986s, boxsters, because sure. this is a great entry level. And the, yeah, and the price point to buy in is like... Absolutely. <laughs> but what I didn't realize, or what as it, I realized as I was searching, I was like, well, for a little bit more, I can get a 911. I just have to get this one that apparently everybody hates. But I don't really care about that. I want a 911. So that's how we happened to that one. So that's my fun story. I was never a Porsche person before that. That's really wild. Now, I mean, the, the Gen 2 997 obviously is a lot more technological. It's a different, advanced. yeah. It's that's a more, direct almost injection the 991 car. underneath, whereas yeah. my car is really the 996 underneath. They're slightly different. Um, um, what about when you got your 996? Was it, was it everything you needed and wanted out of it? Or were you thinking about that direct injection 997? Ride? No, I mean, because when he took me for the drive, it's not like he went stomping. We just went uh, okay. through some roads and I just thought, man, this, this is a cool, small car. A lot of the supercars that I've been in are quite big. And that makes them a little bit of a handful to throw around in canyons. Um, you notice how wide they are. Um, so I just, For I me, liked how. The greenhouse. I can't see yeah. the, past the pillars and everything. I don't know where. Everything's a blind spot. So I just liked that it was a contained car. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get into something that was that highbrow for a 911. But prior to that, I'd never, I never even considered 911s because right. they're just, to me, they're a little pedestrian. I think Ferraris are much more exotic. But having worked on Ferraris, I know that taking care of them is a different story as well. Um, so yeah. Uh, you worked on Ferraris? Oh uh, yeah. We used to own a paint and body shop. I used to Whoa. paint cars for a living exclusively Ferraris. Whoa. Yeah. Is that how you became pinstripe Chris? I, I was mean, pinstriping that... when, uh, when my, I was named that. 
Holy smokes. I have a few different iterations of lives I've lived all the way up to now. Good for you. I love that. Re- keep reinventing, brother. It's a cool keep journey. It. It's oh, been fun. Oh, God. Yeah. I, 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 forgive me for bouncing around then. You keep That's telling okay. your story. I'm just so <laughs> fascinated. So, so yeah, I, I love that 996. And uh, the, silver, uh, the first one I had was silver, just like a very generic six feed. Uh, the guy I bought it from... Yeah, at a dealership in Huntington Beach, super, super cool guys, and they took care of everything. And of course, everyone's like, you get that IMS checked? I'm like, I don't care. Let it blow up. It's 16000 bucks. I don't care. And it was the most reliable car I've ever had. Mm, then we got that. this. Uh, then I traded up for the one that I have now. So what I have now is a C4S. Oh, I see. And, uh, and a Gen 2. And a Gen 2. They didn't, uh, there isn't a Gen 1 C4S. They had a C4, and it wasn't until the turbo body that they had a C4S. But uh, when I saw the listing for this one, I was like, hmm, it's peculiarly priced very high, like out of market high. Hmm. One of the reasons was the miles. It had 27,000 miles on oh, it. Oh, gosh. And that, well, that doesn't help, but it had a couple of option codes that I wasn't familiar with. I thought, well, we got to go check this out. This is a factory X51 car. Oh, look at you. So I was like, we have to have this one. It was way too expensive for what it was. But sure. I thought, hmm, we'll see what the bank says. And, uh, and they let us go with it. So I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. So it's the power kit version of a C4S with no other options. It doesn't have any option that everybody else has on their Porsches. Wow, that's so, so wild. No rear wiper, no heated seats. It doesn't even have, it didn't even have um, sport exhaust. It only has X51. That's it. I mean, that's a purist car, right? You would think, but then, come on, how about some sport exhaust or lowering suspension or something? Well, in my mind, somebody who buys that car is going to do that stuff to it. Maybe, and it was untouched but, but when the, I got it. They, but they'll have Porsche do the engine. You know, the, oh, yeah, okay, exactly. do the spec on Which this, makes a lot and of sense. I'll do coilovers or whatever. Yeah. So we certainly have uh, done some things to it since, which is which is nice. It definitely feels a lot more like mine. But going from the first one to the second one, it's just a huge jump in car. Love the all-wheel drive. And the uh, and there's so much like discerning information about what goes into an X51 car and what doesn't. Interesting. Um, and do you feel that power? Oh, my God, yes. Because really? I've test-driven a million other Porsches. Sure. Um, so even other C4Ss that I checked out prior to this one, I was like, I knew that this one was just way different. What's the bump? And then is the differential different as well? I can't remember. There's something different somewhere in there, right? The... Well, maybe no, no, not on the 4S, probably not. No, I guess not. In which way? Uh, doesn't Magnus have an, one of these as well? Didn't he get a, a X51? I don't know. I mean, so... I don't want to say the wrong thing. That yeah. I, I could very well be wrong here, So but. there's X50 kits on turbos, so he could have an X50 turbo car. No, I think, I, I think I'm just confusing things. I know he's got a couple of 996 GT3s. <laughs> it, it happens. There's so many people with cars to keep track of. But, um, but there's a lot of pieces and parts that make the extra power in the car. And uh, I think you could definitely feel it, having driven a bunch of other Porsches. So what is the power bump? That, what is Porsche say? What they quote it as is 25. Okay. There's no that's way that's true. You think it's more? Oh, my God, yeah. Really? Not like a ton, but there's no way that's just 25. Okay. Yeah, because I've driven late model stuff that had nowhere near the touch. Do you feel it in the torque? Is that what it is? It's mostly. And what's weird, because they, they quote it at 25 horsepower and no torque. Really? And it's absolutely torque. And it's mostly torque. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, that's what you feel. And it's and it, but it's all at the end of the rev range. So it's not till you get past like forty five hundred that it really does a few extra things, anyways. But there's a lot more mechanical parts in the nine nine six version of the X fifty one versus the later stuff, which is more electronics. Um, so just different ways to extract the power. And nine nine six dot two, which is what I have, is the first year you could get an X fifty one in the United States. Interesting. 
And how many were there? I mean, was that an option that a lot of people spec? Because at my understanding, it's not. pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's no. Maybe it was an expensive box. I still have the original window sticker. My car was 101,000. Was new. 15,000 of that was the X51 kit. Holy cow! Right. They don't even know why. But, well, I mean, there's a lot of pieces and parts. But that's why it's not optioned because Porsche goes, for an extra 15 grand, you can have 25 horsepower. Most people are like, doesn't it seem like we could spend this money somewhere else in the car and get that's more out of it? That's amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, because basically, like a 911 was in the 70 range, something like that. So it was like 15 grand for the 4S-ish, something yeah. like that, as memory. And then another 15 grand for the, uh, for the package. At that point, you might as well have stepped into a GT3 or a turbo. I don't know. It is a different car. But yeah. I guess it depends on what this guy was going to build or what his original intent yeah. was. Have you had somebody look at it? Like, was there ever other kit on there where it was driven or raced or whatever, and then they put back the stock stuff to sell it or anything like that? I have no idea. I mean, I've had It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I've had a ton of service work, and of course, I had a PPI done when I bought the car just to make sure that everything uh, was legit. And no one's ever said anything that was like, wow, this is all amazing or anything extra. The fact that it is uh, a genuine factory power kit car. Because there was also, you could have also ordered it from the dealer as well. So there's a dealer add-on option, and then there's a factory add-on option. The difference is, under your bonnet sticker, what it says, where Uh your option codes are. Doesn't make one more or less legit, but on resale, one's worth more. (laughs) Well, one's going to be on the COI, and one won't be, right? Exactly. Yeah, well, it's a window sticker addendum. Yeah, somebody had to order <laughs> this one in its in its specification, and yeah, I'm a little bit nerdy about Porsche stuff, and I think that's like the coolest thing. Uh, I salute your nerdery. What Thank color you. is this one? Um, so it's actually the worst color I could have found any car is metallic black with a black interior. So I was like, well, we have to paint this or wrap it. So I had it wrapped last year for my birthday in satin yellow. Holy cow, that's awesome. Yeah, love it. I've always loved yellow cars. Same here. Obviously. Well, that's really <laughs> cool. That's really cool. Wow, so you did the other route. Like, believe it or not, our uh, our yellow was not our uh, our first oh, choice. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I was actually huh. looking for silver because I, had, in I my mind, knew I wanted silver. to do livery on it. You yeah. Know? I mean, so I thought, oh, nice. It's like, also a classy look for a, for a 911, really. Yeah, and it, yeah, the old racing colors. As much you know, as people gripe, silver, I think German it looks racing good. Colors. Yeah. Um, so that was the thing. And we looked at a red one and we looked at a blue one. And then there was this yellow one. That, when we were looking at the blue one, there was a yellow one kind of like there as yeah. well <laughs> <laughs> little bastard step kid in the sure. back just came in not through the shop yet you know right? one of those it yeah. was totally herbie and it just sort of poked out <laughs> it was that's one thing led to another but that car was smiling at, at us oh that's funny and that's why we ended up with it um and we fell in love with the yellow i never nice. would have wanted a yellow car before that even though i used to like oh look at that nsx or look at that 355 it stands out yeah exactly was that was yellow it never would have been my pick but now i can't imagine it's a personality color it's, I mean, it's eccentric, but it also says something about the car. Then as the well. car adopted us. We didn't adopt it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's a good point. So you chose yellow. I've always loved, uh, like, bright, flashy colors. Not because I'm like, woo, look at me. I uh, just, out on the road, um, you know, especially driving fast, a little bit more visibility is nice. Somebody being mm-hmm. able to see you coming. So, you know, driving fast at night in a black car is not, not ideal, I would say. But, um, but where'd you have it wrapped? Um, I had a place, uh, what the hell are they called? <laughs> uh, I think they're called Go Under Wraps. And they were at Huntington Beach. Dude did a fantastic job. Um, and I love it. It was a great deal. And I'm very, very happy with it. I've, it's stone shift so much on the front because of being too close to people behind that won't go fast enough. But uh, huh. but I love it. And uh, I've since had a different set of wheels put on it and painted satin black and lowered a little bit. So it definitely has the aesthetic that I like. Oh, very it's a cool. totally different looking car. I... Uh, to nerd out a little bit, I swapped, uh, I bought somebody's same generation Turbo 996 wheels. 
the 4S and the Turbo 996 wheels look identical. One's hollow, right? Exactly. The hollow spoke. The hollow spoke, the genuine turbos, the rears are seven pounds lighter and the fronts are five pounds lighter. It's huge. Gigantic. Unsprung weight. Plus it's like within factory spec for offset and wheel size, what the car is designed for. So I spent lots of extra money to make my the wheels look exactly the way it looked when I took the wheels off, which is a bummer. So it's like, well, we better paint them some color. You know. Least. You know yeah. the difference. Yeah, I feel See it. the BBS stands <laughs> on the back. I know. Yeah, so that, well, we better paint them so I don't, so I don't feel like they look exactly the same. But uh, Well, the yellow-black combo is nice. Yeah. The, black, I, the black wheels on a yellow car. Was, um, several people told me, if you're going to paint the wheels, definitely don't do them black. Like, oh, that's played out. Like, I couldn't come up with another color that made any sense. Here's what it is. Do you like it? I love it. That's all that matters. Yeah. People are like, we can't see your wheels because they match your tires. Nah, that's sort of the point. <laughs> Who cares? Here's what it is. Yeah. I don't know. There's, certain, there's clicks of the Porsche world that are very... Hmm, are you telling me the Porsche world has clicks? I haven't experienced that at all. I don't know. I if, haven't uh, experienced that at all. Are you part of the Yellow Car Owners Club? Oh, uh, my gosh. I, I mean, if 996 owners are their own click already, there's definitely subgenres in there that are irritating as hell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's good to hear. Isn't it great? Well, I feel like we're all in this life to annoy each other, so it is what yeah, it is. We gotta... no. I mean, don't get me wrong. Do what you're going to do, but I mean, when... Plenty of people, it's true of the internet in general. Plenty of people are willing to put their opinion out towards your thing, unprompted, mm-hmm. regardless. So, uh, How do you deal with that? Uh, not well. Yeah, not either. really, I mean. I'm getting better at it, but it's not, it's not, <laughs> I, to me it depends on the day. Sometimes yeah, I internalize true. it and I'm like, oh man, I can't believe so-and-so said blah. And then some <laughs> days I'm just like, oh yeah, you think so, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't so really. I it all kind of depends yeah, it's true. on your mood. That's true. Uh, I don't really have much of a follow up for people that are that want to criticize, but I mean, I get criti- criticism on every post that I do, pretty much. So somebody's bound it's to tell me that to there's me. a line out of place, or the wheels aren't round enough, or whatever, and, and that's cool. You think that I don't know that when I post it, and I'm like, someone's gonna notice, and sure enough, that person finds me. That to me is the thing that is always. I guess I wish there was a way. <laughs> The people who are cutting down the wrong line and the wheels mm. around, all that stuff, they're generally not very creative people who generally yeah. couldn't do any bit of what you're doing. <laughs> and I know that's true for me also, for, for any criticism Isn't that's that generally funny? like, oh, why do you say this so much? Or why do you do that so much? It's like, motherfucker, you try it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it either. Yeah. I, can't, I annoy the hell out of and myself, your, but I'm doing it every yeah, day. Yeah, I agree. And to your point, um, my first response is actually to go on their page and see what they're about. I mean, is there some lesson that you can teach me here? Not normally. Not almost never. No. Um, Good for you for taking that, though. That's an extra step of making sure you're in solid footing. Yeah, yeah. If I'm going to insult somebody, let me make sure I've... <laughs> make sure know, they don't have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Done my research here. <laughs> I don't want to overstep my bounds. But, uh, yeah, normally I don't. I've, it's easy to be like, ah, don't let that stuff bother you. But anything that you do creatively and put it out there into the world, like... I don't know. It's kind They're going to shit on it. Well, you kind of have to know that, I guess. You're being a vulnerable person every day by sharing your experience of life. That is just what it is. So nobody's going to like you 100% of the time as much as we want them to. It's just if everybody likes you, you're doing something else wrong. <laughs> That's an interesting thing that somebody said to me once, and, I, and it, if you're not getting criticism and you don't have haters, you're not even close to getting there. Yeah. and, I, and <laughs> you, You've got your friends as an audience. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I think the other side of that, people that are pursuing the life of being hated, they're also doing it wrong. That's too far the other way. Should start like uh, sure. The, yeah. People thrive in that, and I got that's just too much negative vibe for me to swim into. Yeah, exactly. That's 
no thanks. Oh, man. It's good to know that everyone has the same struggles. I tell you, it's so easy to internalize and think, oh, whoa, is me? whatever yeah. it is, whether it's somebody or something or whether it's me or Nicole or whatever. Um, we're all easy targets. We're putting ourselves out here to be easy targets. People. If you're going to shoot at the easy target, you're the asshole. That's my position. Yeah. Then it makes sense. <laughs> you, just see, you may like being the yeah, asshole. Yeah, sure. It I just, may even like you being the asshole sometimes. It never feels like they ever get their comeuppance, but I guess our moments, our mo- our interaction with them is so momentary. We don't see them getting in a car accident later down the road or whatever. Oh, wow. You're, whoo. <laughs> <laughs> you never Ooh. know. I was thinking more on the lines of like somebody commenting on their photo, <laughs> their post. Yeah, yeah, or that, obviously. <laughs> Tit for tat. I can't believe you said that. It's a <sighs> it's a one to one ratio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go to the blue card. What do we got on the blue card here? Um, well, painting, painting. Yeah. How did you get into painting? But it seems like maybe I have the answer now. If it started in body shop stuff, or were you painting way before that? I mean, it's a bit of both. Chris, answers. how did you get into painting? My goodness, so many things. So I did used to paint cars for a living. That was like my career for almost 10 years before I switched over into artwork full time. And uh, it, during that, I did take up uh, airbrushing and custom painting and ultimately pinstriping and then other things like Sharpie art cars along the way. And they're all kind of little. art cars? Yeah. Is that what it sounds like? It's exactly what it sounds like. You make art cars with, you draw on them with oh, Sharpie? Yes. In fact, there's nobody in the world that's done more of them than I have. I'm going to say that out loud. I love it. I heard it. <laughs> I'm going to hate you for it. Yeah. No. That's amazing. Maybe there's – no, there's definitely other people out there that have done them. It's I don't cool. even know what it is yet, but the fact – I mean, the fact that I can picture it obviously have, has me wonderfully yeah. intrigued. Yeah, there's some really cool artists out there that have also done uh, some art cars. Obviously, you're familiar with like the BMW art cars. Very much of so. The, uh, of Almost the before time. documentary on them once, yeah. Nice. Before BMW did it themselves. <laughs> so in the same vein, just – uh, contemporary materials, but that's like that's a thing of its own. But every every spe- uh, step of either airbrushing or pinstriping or the marker art cars was all like a little bit of an artistic detail added into painting on cars. So everything that I was doing for those eight to ten ish years was related to how can we convince people to do these on the surfaces of cars um, while like maintaining a business of actually painting cars. Because I don't have something to pull up right now. Or That's maybe okay. I could just Google it. Mm. I guess we have that technology. <laughs> um, uh, what exactly – I mean, I, I've seen so many different art cars, and I'm picturing different Sharpie things. I've seen sure. some that are kind of just like one continuous line that goes all over the heck of the car. Mm. You know what I mean? There's a sort of a weird pattern. Yeah. I've seen some that are just done like race cars but yeah. in marker. What kind of stuff are you talking about? Here? I'm um, a bit more driven by background in graffiti and urban artwork. So more like that. Okay. It's still more like a, it's definitely a line art style, but more uh, more wild style. Something that is free flow, but has a lot of detail to it. Okay. Um, any of this stuff? All of those, almost. As in, these are almost all of these are yours. Yep. That's the <laughs> okay. That's picture of me drawing on that car. Well, that's a bit. All right. Well, hang on. I'll just, let me share that. my screen here with everybody else. Let's see. I think some of those aren't mine. I don't want to take credit for anybody no, no, else's. No, it's all right. I'll I'll go to okay. the one with that has you in it. Screen. Actually, anything, uh, um, anything. The first thing that ever comes up if I'm um, ever searched is the uh, art cars. It's the thing that I'm actually more well known for than any of the other silly things that I do. Seriously? Yeah, but it's also still an underground thing. It's not like I'm saying people know me for this. No, no, no. A small amount of people know that I do this more than anything else that I've ever done. Because uh-huh. it's in a way, it's the stuff that stands out the most. It also is really good social media content. I'm just fascinated by the whole thing here, and I'm going to put this up here for everybody else to see. There we go. There you are. 
That's really, it's really amazing. Thank you. I love doing them. They're so much fun. But I don't understand it still. I don't understand it still. Does someone come to you and say, like, is this a sponsored thing? Like, how does this work? Do people do this on their actual personal cars? I guess I'm, I mean, it's beautiful and I see the art variable. Thank you, thank you. What, what's the, why? How's that? Why is the right question? (laughs) The... And you answer that while I turn the AC on. Cool, perfect. It just got hot. The why is because people pay me so much money. No, uh, (laughs) it's all about the money. That's the answer. Um, It started out a different way than it ended up now. Uh, So it's almost a circular story. Okay, well, I mean, how did somebody say, hey, man, you're really artistic. Um, Do this. The very first car I got asked to do was actually my first trip to California, and that was back in 2010. It was my cousin's uh, Cadillac, and I had seen the Sharpie Lamborghini that was done just a few years before that, and this was obviously 2010. We're talking 10-something years ago at this point, and uh, my cousin's covered in tattoos, and so he flew me up to Ukiah, where he was out of at the time, because um, he wanted me to custom paint his car. And I said, man, you like covered in tattoos. Why don't we do like your tattoos on this car? And I'll oh, do it wow. in, uh, in Sharpie. It's and I said, extension of you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as the car should be anyways. Um, so went to Walmart and bought some Sharpies and said, let me just do like a part of the car. And if you don't, if you're not digging it, we'll just wipe it off and we'll <laughs> take that part off. Yeah, we'll do whatever the other thing is we'll talk about later. And, uh, Although I guess in Sharpie, you probably just hit it with alcohol and it comes you off. You could, right? depending on the Sharpie. There's okay. a lot of chemistry that comes into picking. Oh, and I'm sure you're yeah, an expert, yeah. Because I'm a nerd about everything, yes. Uh, well, you know, I mean, when they first teach it, like drawing on glass with a Sharpie, like, oh, if you screw that line up, hit it with the Sharpie. Oh, 100%. You take it right off. You yeah, know? I'll tell you. I've, so I've done 23 vehicles that are all over the world. I have More never erased a single line because you can't. Whoa. You'll just smear it and make a mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you will. Um, most probably have uh, to do the whole panel. I, I assume, but um, I also don't put myself in that mindset when I'm working. There you go. I make it up as I go. Oh, so it's never wrong. Exactly. So if I make a, I don't even like to use the word mistake because it's unfair. Mm-hmm. But if I have a line that zigs the, well, maybe that line doesn't make sense right here. If I do it like 13 more times, it's no longer it a mistake. Perfect sense, it's yeah. part of a pattern Bob now. Ross. So the, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Happy little accident. I've right. found that <laughs> the only way that people know that I'm making a mistake is when you freak out and start throwing things. Then it starts, is a little obvious. Giveaway, man. Yeah, it's like, okay, tamp down the emotions. Yeah. Stop throwing things. You're showing everybody the insights. <laughs> <laughs> too much, too much. Because <laughs> um, a bunch of these cars have done live at events, so I have been uh, commissioned mm. um, by big companies to do these cars. How is that? Do you get nervous? Never. I no, love being. In, oh, issue. I love being in front of an audience. Good for you. I'm a musician also. What do you play? I drums. Me too. Nice. Do you still play actively? Yeah, but I haven't been in a band or anything since we moved to California. <laughs> High school. <laughs> those were the kids. days i still got two kits i used to do studio uh, sessions in nice. new york and everything and like oh, nope yeah we moved out here bought a kit a couple of years ago <laughs> set a friend's house in their studio no oh, nice just like my original kit in connecticut it's got the right amount of dust on it now yeah i've got two kids haven't played either one in years but someone is enjoying them very much. <laughs> someone's living in them what do you, so do you have a kit at home and i have an electric kit because oh. we have, we're living in an apartment drums so. or yeah Great. yeah rolling set things are so fun yeah, kind of like uh, Porsches. I never wanted to play electric set because I'm like, it's not real. Same it's here. not real. But eventually you have to, you don't have a choice. Go, I, I would just, rather. Yes, all that's true. But yeah. I'm going to say the technology got there. Because oh, when 100%. we were kids, there were just those pads. Yeah, they sucked. Nothing. It was awful. And nowadays, 
it's almost better. It's spectacular. It's <laughs> yeah. really impressive. Yeah. And in some ways, it is kind of better because you can get whatever role you, you add. There's a there's a lot to be said for it now. There's you're you're buying the technology, but you're actually getting more than just the drum set. You're getting the access to do a bunch of different things in the standard kit camp, which is great. I would obviously rather play an acoustic set, but given our living situation. I would rather have an electric set than no set. For sure. Um, so, but that said, I love being in front of an audience. I don't. Um, nervous is not like it's not in me. Ever? No. Not even as a kid. Nope. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I like attention too much. Are you an only child? No. <laughs> I'm two older sisters. Two older sisters. Hmm. I mean, it's not my place to try to assess you, but I'm thinking <laughs> why. But go for it. Yeah. No, I'm trying to figure out what or why. Because I. Uh, I don't know. I, Doesn't the youngest always try to crave the most attention? I don't know. I think. But Neither do I. I've heard. I've heard this from everything. The middle child, the first child. One of them's always the worst. I just can't figure out how. I mean, I guess maybe some people have it, some people don't. Were maybe. your parents uh, um, eccentric? I was going to say liberal. Eccentric. <laughs> eccentric. No. No, I would say no. Um, well, no, how no were you at a young age getting the spotlight to know that you were comfortable with it? Like, what were you doing? Were you music that early? Or? Oh my gosh, yeah, I've been playing drums since I was five and always on a stage. Um, I don't know. I can't say exactly why I like attention. I was definitely more of an eccentric introvert than the other way around. But I think of what you chose to do for a living and you go, I'm, I don't know where you work and where your studio is. Yeah. I'm assuming it's in your home, yep. in your apartment. So, so I'm guessing that you're introverted like we are in that, oh, we... We live and work in this space, and this is you our know, little happy yeah. place. Strangely, I really had to grow into that because I love being in front of people, and um, which is a part of why I haven't done it as much lately because COVID things have changed the way I schedule everything. Mm -hmm. But that's why I love to do live videos. I used to do live videos on social media a couple times a week. Really? Yeah, just so I can interact and talk to people, answer questions, and is just be part painting? of an audience. 100%, yeah. Yeah, that's I'm so a cool. yeah. I can I can have a full conversation with somebody on the phone and be working on a painting or a drawing. So it's an instructional at the same time as sharing information. Are your ideas? I mean, I've talked to many many creatives as I'm sure you have, and you know people kind of give credit to different places as True. to where their ideas come sure, from. Sure, sure. I'm one of those people who sort of believes that none of them are mine. I'm an idiot, and it's just a creative tether that when I'm connected well, shit flows. And Why when not? I'm yeah, not, nada. <laughs> um, that's me. You don't sound to be that way at all. What's your? How do you? How do you de describe it? Where does your creativity? I think come there's from? a lot of truth to that for me, and probably a lot of creatives. It's not like you can be on all the time, but if you're if you're running a business based on it, sometimes you don't have a choice. You got to yeah. kind of figure out how to balance the compromises, how to make things work. So, I wouldn't say I have a good schedule, but I've got a really good routine. It's simple because I work out of my home, so everything's always there. But I love what I do. I would do it all hours of the day wow. if uh, if I didn't have other shit to do. <laughs> how often do you paint? Every day. You paint every day. Yeah, and today how, is the only exception. How long does it take you to, like how, I don't know, how, how does your process work? Do you? I paint? did that the day it was posted, the whole thing. <laughs> I work really fast. It's also not that big, that. in fairness. It's small. Well, I, I, it may be small, but I mean, it's the detail, and it's, there's so much here. And I guess to me... It looks incredibly complicated. I'm sure to you, you have a system for everything that's here. I messed it up the first two times I did it. Don't worry. So there's a couple of failures under there. But, Is that uh, what you do, though? You just go until it and then you... So, some stuff really works out good naturally, and some stuff is like, well, we're just going to have to keep smearing stuff until it starts to look like a car. I love that. Uh, we would never know. Thank goodness. 
it'd be hard to pass myself off as a professional if uh, if I was having to justify all my mistakes. Well, but uh, but I work really really fast to answer your question. <laughs> it's amazing to me because you know your your Instagram is is active. You're you're always posting, my whole life is revolved around Instagram. Yeah, I have to. I'm a slave to the Instagram. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. I'm not. I'm just trying to you know understand all the pieces. Well, interestingly, um, it's certainly been more helpful in the last few months because of lockdown stuff and whatnot. And to I realized. Focus, you mean? Um, yeah, you don't actually, have a problem with that, do you? Nah, not really. Um, because I love what I do so much. I really, really, really enjoy it. I wish I didn't have to do anything else but just painting and drawing. So most of the time, I really don't. But um, but a lot of other automotive artists are focused on like shows and events. Yeah. Obviously, have all been just canceled for the rest of the year, and so now a lot of artists are starting to put more effort into social media. Mm. I put all my chips into Instagram like seven years ago. And that's where I get all my sales and all my commissions. No kidding. Everything. Even all the corporate companies I've worked for. I did a Sharpie car for a Toyota, Fiat for a TV commercial, Sharpie, uh, all from Instagram. Wow. Because I reply to every comment and every message I get. No kidding. You never know who's a millionaire. Ah, no, it's a great point. <laughs> it's a great point. I, uh, um, it's, I'm learning lessons from you as we do this. I've just recently started uh, responding to the comments because somebody suggested that, and uh, I thought you weren't supposed to do that. So oh, well, we, interesting. So we weren't doing oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah, I could and, talk uh, all day about it's strategy. Very, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to know people and stuff, and it's really kind of c- c- cool. I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's not new. It's well, just new to me. <laughs> it's, it's social media, if you really look at it for what it's worth. It's for socializing. So connecting with all the people that are doing the things. In the reality of what I do, you know, some people have more of like a lifestyle brand or something like that. But for me, trying to sell artwork every day, I'm lucky that people follow me, that people have comments, questions, or so the least I can do is respond. You have a lot of followers, don't you? If I recall. Hang on. Uh, it took me a long time. I bought all of them. No, I'm just kidding. I don't buy, I don't buy that at all. No, I Especially didn't. Especially if they're all commenting to you. Oh, yeah. No, I've never once advertised on that Instagram uh, before. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I love that. We're nowhere near you, but we haven't either. Um, 76,000. 76K. Doing all right. It's great, man. It makes it's it harder, great. actually. Now it's a harder, a broader audience to try to appeal to. Do you have, do you find that it's more um, work to then maintain the Instagram audience? That's pretty much what I revolve life around. The Instagram audience. Which sounds awful to say no, out loud, but that's where my business is. So that's kind of what I model everything off of. We used to be stronger on uh, Facebook, but things changed a lot on Facebook, so we weigh a lot heavier on Instagram now. It's photo-based. It's easy. Yeah. Um, it's less political, which I like. So the original intent was art, sharing art and sharing, you know, take a thing and put it up. No fucking story, no fucking yeah, advertisements. Yeah, exactly, no. exactly. Yeah, you can scroll all the way back to the beginning of my Instagram. It's photos of artwork I was doing. Not that it goes back that far because I haven't been doing it that long. Well, but you said seven years at um, least. Yeah, so we've been in California eight years. And I think you'd say seven years of that is artwork. Where were you before California? We're originally from Maryland. Both of you? Yeah. Oh, we no moved kidding. here together. Whereabouts? Uh, we grew up in different areas. I'm from Rockville, which is just outside of D.C., and she's from Frederick. I'm from, uh, I'm from, I'm from Connecticut, so it doesn't nice. matter at all. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, my, my grandparents were in Maryland, so we used to go down and visit mm. them several times a year. Oh, they were sorry in, to hear uh, that. So, oh, sorry that we had to go to Maryland? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, they were in Harford County. Harford mm. County, Bel Air. Edgemere. Right on. <laughs> right by Aberdeen. Aberdeen, <laughs> like probably a half an hour from Aberdeen. Uh, but we used to go down to the Inner Harbor all the time. We oh, okay. Spent time down in Baltimore and uh, Balmer. Balmer, as they yeah, call yeah, it down yeah. there. 
and uh, they Peaceful. used to shoot that show Homicide there. Uh, and there was a, you know, as a kid, of course, all the TV stuff. <laughs> the aquarium, there was the aquarium. Yeah, yeah. Harbor and all that stuff. There is some cool stuff in Baltimore. It's overshadowed by all the awful things that have to do with Baltimore. Why did you leave uh, Maryland to come here? Man, there's such a laundry list of reasons. Wait, were you painting Ferraris in Maryland? Yes. I don't. Here's the thing. Whenever I would drive, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> whenever I drive down to Maryland, I'd bring my little E30 because I was a kid, and nice. that was the car I had after oh, my dad yeah. died because I had a couple bucks and I bought a stupid thing and whatever. Uh, th- my grandparents' friends and everything, like, get that Nazi sled out of here! What are you doing <laughs> driving that thing down here? Buy a oh Buick, like all that shit. Oh jeez, like, you know, wanted American Love cars Buicks. and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. That was the '90s. Yeah, so I don't know it how was, it is now. It was a different time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. Yeah, um, the Ferraris that we're working on, it's not like um, the, the East Coast, especially the Northeast Coast. The roads are awful. Mm-hmm. So you know you really can't drive those cars year-round. There's not even enough of a season for it. That's where I'm from, but surprisingly, there are tons of Ferraris up there just because there's a lot of money. Yeah, which makes sense. They're all in barns and stuff or Naturally, yeah, exactly. So, But they are up there. Yeah, they, they do exist in these weird pockets of collections. But um, but it's not like they get used out here. People drive these cars every day, and it's so awesome. Yeah. But uh, most of what I worked on was uh, Challenge Series cars, race cars. Because those Holy guys shit. wreck every weekend. Who was based out of Maryland? As far as? Like teams. Oh, nobody that I know of. Oh. But the, uh, the shop that we were connected with was a mechanic shop that specialized oh, in Ferrari. <laughs> so we got um, the body work came straight from them. So naturally, when these cars get wrecked, they have to come quite far apart. Right. In order to be glued back together as they are. Wow, that's amazing. It was cool, and, um, and I love Ferrari, so it was it was a dream gig to be able to do. But thankfully, the guy I worked with, uh, his name is Robbie. He was sixty something at the time, and just a crotchety old dude, angry about everything. Told rich people what he thought straight off the bat. It was great. I love being around him uh, because somebody like me, I can't get away with just saying what's on my mind. But really? He could. Oh no. Why? Uh, Why do you say that? Why would I say that? I don't think it's true. Uh, I think you're a man who has very few limitations, and there's a couple that you don't know about. Um, well, uh, we live in a time where every things that are funny are different than what used to be funny. Oh, or, fair enough. Yeah, you know, so it's things. This is, this is making me uncomfortable, though, because you're. I think people should be a, a, a little more careful with their words. But I agree. I don't think people should be afraid to speak at all. I mean, it's yeah. getting to a place where, like, oh, we can't express. Yeah, I agree. And there's a fine land there. Obviously, you don't want to just out and out hurt people but right there's a difference between young people that don't know the difference between the words that they're saying mm. and older people that Should may, know better by yeah this point. yeah there's a difference and yeah. we're right now we're applying the same thing to everyone and that's a little unfair this is a good point like speaking of which that maryland grandfather i mean he used to say the n-word i mean he's what? long since gone now <laughs> because that was his generation now he was not a racist i mean he had a, he was a veteran he had many black friends stuff like that but it was the word that you used back then wow do you know what I mean? To yeah, describe. yeah. So he would use it, and, and we got him off that towards his later years. Yeah. I mean, but like during the '90s and stuff, <laughs> when I was telling you about it. Sure, that would come up. Um, I don't know. Uh, I certainly don't want that to come back by any means. Sure. But, but, but when you mentioned the young people and the old people, like, what do we do? How do we educate the old people? And when do you know? That you're becoming an old person, that mm. you should look at yourself yeah, and yeah. like, oh, the things that you think are fine are with your old way of thinking. But yeah. the way the world is now, you actually have to consider a few more things and blah, 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 adjust yeah. yourself. That's a, a, I think that's a question a lot of people are trying to figure out right now. And not, that's not to say that I have the answer. I, I want you to answer. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> answer, everybody should do what I do and not say anything ever. Uh, <laughs> 
That's the safest response you can have. It's just look at people dead in the eyes with words, but don't say them. Uh, no, I. But to your point, I think it is smart to to grow up and and grow out of saying and doing a lot of the dumb things that you do. But that's a, well, but that's just, but you have to acknowledge that they're dumb, right? Because they weren't necessarily dumb at one point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But because times have changed, even though you you don't think you're dumb anymore, like, yeah. You don't live in the same world. No. Well, and that's true of like generationally, the year we're in, and where you're at in your life. And these are all variables that overlap at different times. So when someone's being called out for something like that, you kind of go, well, what, where are they at in their life? What's going on with them? There's all these unopened, uh, unanswered questions that are relative to why somebody says something. But I think that you're hitting on a really important point now that Mm -hmm. I think more people should take into effect, and that is that if you can change your perspective and not only lock into yours, just sure. maybe factor in that other guys or other people's or yeah. any other one. Yeah. It's not that <laughs> hard. Yeah, out. exactly. But it does mean you have to slow down a little bit and, uh, you know, think a little bit more before you say stuff. That's not, that's never easy in the moment because something is funny right when it comes to your head and then it's offensive right after it comes out of your mouth. <laughs> so there's lies. Not a lot of gray area there. No, you're making good points. You're making good points. I guess I'm looking to somebody else for how do you navigate it because it's tough. I specifically don't say anything. I put uh, I put a, a, a strange amount of effort into having very little personality on social media. But how do you respond to everything and be – then how do you – It's easy. It, are See, you a bot? No. Well, I try not to be, although my I hope my responses don't come across as that because I'm thanking people. Um, you know – I'm actually that Herbie one because that Herbie one's one of my favorites. I'm not a real person. You're not a real person. I'm all CGI. What a shame. This is green screen. <laughs> you, could, you do a fine job with it. Uh, I'm showing everybody this Herbie photo because it just it got me the other day. It's just such a good looking thing. Nice. And I'm obviously Herbie. You know, I got nice. A it's for soft uh, spot for Herbie. It's a painting for one of the one of the kids my wife watches. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's for his birthday. Oh God, you are the coolest. And he loves Herbie. He loves Herbie. That is the coolest. But you know, even that, like uh, like your painting, it's a good example. If someone was like, can you do me a painting of, it would require a different frame of thinking to be like, how do I satisfy this person's want for me to create something versus nobody giving me any boundaries and kind of going, you know what would be neat, Herbie or your car. Then I get to do it whatever way. I think it worked best, and that sounds really selfish, but I'm the artist. I should be able to do it whatever way. I think you're going to get the best end result. You know, think of like tattoo artists. The best end result you're going to get is when you give your artist the freedom. You pick the artist based on the thing that you like that they do, right? And should pe- be. Should yeah, be. people aren't. Unless you're drunk on the boardwalk, but yeah, yeah should People be. do that. <laughs> people aren't uh, banging my door down for dog portraits or cat portraits. I would do it, ironically. That's a good question. Can you do anything? Because you're obviously yes. very capable of all other <laughs> stuff. But, uh, yeah, I've got paintings of our dogs at our place. Really? Yeah. But I, I don't post a lot of stuff like that on social media because then I'll get a million questions about painting people's dogs. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and that doesn't simulate you. Uh, Not in the same way. Well. Also, I would imagine that's got to be harder I shouldn't well, say harder yeah so the way I describe it is expensive <laughs> mm, it's not, not a bad way to look at it the way I usually describe it is um, getting commissioned to paint somebody's grandmother how hard is it going to be to mess that up for somebody every Easy. little detail has Easy. to be right yeah exactly and people feel the same way about their pets that connection which is good and that's meaningful and there's then uh, there's some truth to that in automotive art as well because you're doing a portrait of somebody's vehicle for somebody but it's a little bit more to the point um, when you change a slight amount of expression or something for in somebody's grandmother's portrait, mm, now you've painted a stranger for them to hang in their house. It loses its value pretty quick. That's weird, yeah. 
But that that's weird. not to say that obviously there's people that specialize in that and they're rock stars at it and that's great. I, that's just not a part of my journey right now. I'll do I'll do it when the moment's right, but not right now. Did you ever see the movie Mr. Bean? Of course. Little <laughs> 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 face at the end. <laughs> that movie cracks me up. <laughs> Man, you must really like that movie. You know what I'm talking about? It takes Whistler's mother and he. <laughs> It must have been a long time since I've seen this movie, man. (laughs) He just draws like with a crayon or something. (laughs) Oh, God. Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean. Highly recommend checking it out. Yeah. I love that guy. He's quite the car collector. Do you know what I'm talking about? He like he damages. I literally this don't Whistler's remember mo- that. You know, I Whistler, wish I could Whistler's laugh with mother, you. The famous painting of Whistler's mother. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's the woman in the rocking chair yeah. or whatever with the pa- painting on the wall. It's like the real one from a museum and Mr. Bean's like hired to guard it or something and he F's it up. He cleans it. With, he sneezes on it or something. He cleans it with paint thinner <laughs> or whatever. So of course he ruins the art and then he draws a little like stick figure face on it at the end. Man. It must have been a long so time sorry. since I've seen that movie. Oh God. I took up the rest of your time. Now I have to do that. it. <clears throat> I know what your homework is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope it's on Netflix or some streaming service. I'm going to send it to you. Nice. Um, Please do. All right. Pinstriping. Paul Kennel. How do you know Paul Kennel? Just from being down there? He bought uh, prints for me once. Oh, no kidding. And um, when I was looking up his address, obviously I get, uh, we do all the prints in-house, so everything is handled by me anyways. Um, I was like, wow, nobody ever buys from me in California. Like This is like the state we sell them the least. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, for sure. Weird. And uh, yeah, it's just weird. But um, I was like, man, so close. Close to Mesa? Let me just message him on Instagram, see if I could just deliver it in person. Sure, he's which such I bet a, he would love. Yeah, he's such a nice dude. Super cool. Um, yeah, so that's how I know him. He had bought some prints. So two of the 10,000 things that are hanging on the walls in his shop. At, at Auto Kennel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. I love the collection that he has in there. Um, same here, and we love uh, the whole family. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're it's just, they're, yeah. it's a, it is a, it, it, an absolutely quintessential family business. Yeah, it seems that way. And um, going to the the first time I went to one of the meets there was my first time doing anything like kind of Porsche car related. The lag, the auto kennel lag. Was yes, the auto kennel gathering, and it was probably the coolest thing because. Um, I guess uh, I feel a little awful saying this sometimes, but because I'm from the auto industry, I have a different view of car people. What do you mean? I don't want to really elaborate on this because this is like permanent record type of recording. It's just... Why do you think I'm prying? <laughs> to get sound <laughs> bits amazing. so I can be famous yeah, for making fun of people. Gee whiz. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't like people. You know who sucks? <laughs> people in cars. Uh, no, well, I, 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 I'm for sure can probably understand what you mean. Yeah. But, but Car people, well, car groups are really clicky. Obviously, having worked on Ferrari stuff, that's that's its own thing. And I don't really, you know... I actually didn't really find any issue there. And Porsche people or that groups, nothing wrong with that. I think where it starts to get a little bit weird for me is like the um, the cars and coffee and like Orange County stuff where uh, where the cars are like kind of a fashion accessory. They're a gold watch for the people. And those a couple years ago, it was those the small aren't car dog people. in a purse. Now yeah, it's like exactly. the classic car. So that to me is like, those aren't car people. So I don't want to go out and hang out with people that want to give me specs about their car. That's boring. <laughs> I don't mind nerding out about some stuff, but you can just tell the sort. I definitely uh, agree with all of that <laughs> stuff. I also will say, though, it does feel more like the old regime. We're talking about the the youngers and the new, and the kind of changing of the yeah. cars. It feels these days that more people are um, 
I can't add across the board. Maybe it's just where I am, but <clears throat> uh, more acceptable, more open, yeah. more. You're uh, more right about that than I initially thought. Because uh, going to uh, Paul's um, car meet there was my That's first. That's one of the best ones, though. Lazy Auto Company. Uh, so I guess I lucked out then. Yeah. Because it made That's me feel good so good. I got to talk to a bunch of people and thought, wow, this this uh, this group in this area is a lot more inclusive than I thought. But prior to that, we um, I've always had classic cars, like '60s cars, oh. um, as daily drivers. So like we so we never really did any intermingly car stuff because we were always we weren't like in a cool car group of people so there was no reason to so um but doing that really like it did certainly change my thinking like well it is actually much more community oriented than i thought yeah. which uh which was a relief and i think the other part of that that i'm incredibly wrong about because i'm just generalizing when i'm like ah, car people sure is because i spend so much time on social media when people are posting their pictures uh, of their car and out oh, with they, you know, crap like that, just like, okay, that's great, you know, yeah. uh, that sort of gets under my skin a little bit, but but it's superficial. I don't really know those people. It's really unfair for me to be like, you don't make enough money to buy that car. <laughs> oh, Mr. Judgment comes in. Well, we all have that. Well, come on. Your friends down at the dealership all like, just bought this Bugatti. No, you didn't. Get that's out of here. That's right. That's <laughs> um, what... Have we not talked about that you would like people to know? Is there anything? I mean, this was a very loose conversation, but I really enjoyed getting to know you. Nice. I would say you should come back anytime yeah, you want. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, either in person or if you want to drive the crest again or, uh, <laughs> or virtually, by all means. Um, because I just uh, like you. Whatever, yeah, whatever appreciate you that. Were, whatever, whatever our first awkward uh, meeting was. Thank goodness. That's uh, in the past. It has not been an issue <laughs> for me. No, you were Good so thing. I My memory is how nice you've been. Both in That's reaching out on Instagram and, <laughs> and you know setting this up today. And, nice. You know you wanted to come here yeah, instead definitely. of doing it remote. Oh yeah. To me, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, especially right now. I mean, yeah. We're, we're distance, but still. Safe we're in enough. the same room. Yeah, so that's true. Which is it's been a chance. so cool to actually get out and see people. We don't socialize a whole lot in the first place because yeah. we're home working and just the craziness in the world. So the excuse to get out and actually talk with people is really really cool. If by any chance you're ever out on a Friday, like come up to Breakfast Club, leave the house early, and come up to to Newcastle. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Fun. Hang on. Isn't that place closed right now? Yeah, we bring donuts and coffee right oh, now. Oh, nice. Yeah, right on. Stop by Dunkin' Donuts in the morning. We drove by and I was like, boxes. "There it is." <laughs> yeah, they're closed right now with really no plans of reopening. Oh I mean, wow! They can't. They can't. It, it's not like it's a restaurant down here. You know, where they can just, oh, we'll go with the flow. Oh, we <laughs> yeah, open, yeah. we close, whatever. The like, they've got people on that they had to take off of, you know, uh, uh, payroll and oh, all wow. that stuff. Like, they have to get everything back and running. It just doesn't really make sense. Man. It's the kind of place that probably does barely breaks even when they're open, oh, you know? Yeah. It's not like... A restaurant that's all the time. And by, by the way, I think they probably make a lot of their money from booze. And <laughs> if you can't, you know what I mean, like beers and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if – you're not going to make it selling an Egg McNukem sandwich. Bummer. Yeah, so Hope I think it's, it's going to be a little bit on them. But yeah. uh, I know that Freddie and Danny and and uh, uh, Darren and everybody want to open. Nice. They want to. That's really exciting. Yeah, obviously, like, always see tons of pictures from you guys and other people in the same groups that you guys are in um, out there. Like, that looks fun. Or, uh, like, Malibu Kitchen, stuff like that. It is fun. Come yeah. up sometime. Do you work on Sundays? If I, not, come up. I don't really consider what I do working. But it is. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. And good I guess. for you. <laughs> so come up sometime. I would love to. All right, good. I'd like to be friends with you is what I'm trying to extend here. Nice. I, don't, I don't want you to have some awkward thing of uh, uh, whatever. That yeah. I want that to. We're best friends now? Permanently. We're 100% oh, best but, friends. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, of course. Um, is there anything else that we didn't get to? We're good? There's so many things, but I'll have to save it for another time. Okay. Perfect.
I want to talk about Mr. Be- Mr. Bean some more. I want you to talk about Mr. Bean some more. I want you to see that movie. I can't believe well, I'm now I have so to. hard about yeah. it. It's so stupid. It's gonna be, I'm going to be so embarrassed Me when sitting I watch here. You're going to watch the playback and be like, that guy did not <sighs> get it. that part. <laughs> we did this live and everything. No composure. Zero. All right. Um, Chris Dunlop, I love you, buddy. Thanks for coming and in. And I love you. <laughs> Thanks for coming over here. Uh, I don't know yeah, what we've got you. going on. I don't think there's anything else. Uh, I know we'll be back next week with Tuesdays with Tori. Tomorrow is Breakfast Club up at Newcomb's, as we just mentioned, except nice. it's not really a Breakfast Club because <laughs> there's none of that. Um, and you mentioned uh, Malibu uh, Kitchen this weekend. That's probably about it. All right. I think you're amazing. Thanks, I don't dude. know how to say goodbye. This is the end. I don't know how to say goodbye. goodbye <laughs> we love everybody at home. <laughs> Please love one another, and uh, we'll see you out there. 